<sighs> Hello, welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and um, with me as always to talk about the wonderful and exciting. The fuck's the point? I just fucked. This isn't gonna work. Sarah. Hmm. Hello. Poor Daniel has malaise this week, and he has malaise because it is the Australian general election this on Saturday. Fucking and, politics. Fuck. And it's been getting to him a little bit. If you think he's exaggerating, this is how he has sounded all morning. I've had to talk to him for half an hour to get him to sound this perky to be able to podcast. But it's all right, people, because we'll have him happy and bouncy and sweary and happy by the end of the show. Won't we, Daniel? Whatever. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, seriously, guys, if you think that I sound pissed off and, and upset when we talk UCI, that is nothing compared to how, how, oh, God, it just hurts to even think about. Fuck. So we, we're going to operate on a don't mention the war mm. uh, basis. We're not going to mention Australia, politics, oh, fuck. Mm. immigration, oh. internet broadband speed. <laughs> Economic policy, gay marriage, or any of those other things that are upsetting dear Daniel. Um, well, they're not so much upsetting him, he's just looking to the future. Uh-huh. Uh, I, fortunately, all my sharp objects are in the other room, but wow. Mm. Anyway, but uh, luckily, to distract the boy... Yeah, distract me with have... something, Sarah, please. Well, GP Plue... Oh, hey, cool. Hey, um, isn't that the the race that, um, you know, basically uh, Orica are coming out with a strange press release every day about why they didn't, you know, quite win the way they thought they would? <laughs> this weekend, it was the final round of the GP Plue Road World Cup, and it was a um, it was a great race. It was on TV, but. Luckily, I was out because I think I'd just torn all my hair out uh, and all my eyelashes and all my nostril hair, etc., etc. Because oh, I'd like to see alopecia, Sarah. That would be awesome. Just like completely bald. I mean, your arms would look totally different. My arms? You've never seen my oh, arms? I'm so sorry. That's like that's just I'm fuck. This is, <laughs> this is me anyway, trying to be cheerful. It's horrible. Anyway, okay. in the G, in the GP Pluto, so it was, it, and and I'm very excited because just before we started casting, um, someone lovely confused spider told me that the full GP Pluto coverage is on the internet. So after this, I'm going to go and watch it, and I'm going to giggle and chuckle and cheer and yell at the telly, and it's well laptop, and it's going to be brilliant. So. Plue. Now, I'm always disappointed that it's not the same course as it was a couple of years ago because it used to be very, very hard. And if you looked on our blog, prowomenscycling.com, you'd have seen the clips from two of the amazing Plue's in the past. That time when there was a group of four riders going out and Mariana Voss looked over her left shoulder to check where Emma Pooley was just as Pooley was attacking up the right-hand side. It's kind of like... Um... Pulley was attached by string to the back of Voss's helmet, and she slingshot <laughs> past as as Voss turned ahead. It was uncanny the timing of of that attack. Yeah, 
And then there was 2011 when there was the ridiculous... Voss was riding for Van Vluten. And, and actually, I think Voss looked like she was enjoying herself more than when she actually rides for her own wins. Because that moment when she attacked out of the chasing group, did one of those beautiful, beautiful Vossy descents where she's like literally down, you know, her, her whole, you know, her whole chest is over the handlebars and she's like right over the, you know, right over the bar and it's just, oh my God. And she was just working, working her backside off for Annemiek. And yeah, and then there was that, oh, and then it was Annemiek versus Evie Stevens on the final climb. And oh my God. Yes, basically. Plue, I love you. I wish the course was back to those days, but it's still a great race. They may have added extra flat, but it's still a great race. Okay. Well, you know, they can't all be uphill time trials all the time suited on Emma Pooley, so... Hey, I don't just like uphill time trials all the time. I also like ridiculous descending. Right, but not in the time trial format, and certainly not when it's going to affect Emma Cooley. So, I know. would absolutely love to see a downhill mountain time trial. I mean, it would be mayhem and chaos, and you'd have to basically line the course with um, mattresses and, you know... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, every every turn would have to have, you know, I don't know, bales of hay or something. And, um, Bouncy castles or something, yeah, and, I don't and know. And trampolines strategically placed partway, partway down, you know, assuming but someone can, overshoots. But just, 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 just think for a moment. You'd have your riders like Voss, Lizzie Armitstead, Kirsten Beald... All those amazing riders doing a downhill time trial. Chantal Black, Lucinda Brand, Tiffany, well, not Tiffany after her crash in um, the other day, but anyway, uh, in, the, in the Giro Rosa. But yeah, it would be, I mean, it would be lethal, but it would be so much fun. Yeah, it'd have to be like it would basically. I think the only way you could do it really would have have it as the the world's ITT. Like it'd have to be the end of the season, wouldn't it? Oh, what you mean? Because everyone would crash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, because the disproportionate number of people crash in in an attempt to to you know do well, um, and you don't want. You know, you don't want your race to become synonymous with season-ending injuries. So, <laughs> you know, the only way to do it is with the race that ends the season. Yeah, I see that's... I, we should write to the UCI. Um, I, <laughs> yes, because they're, they're so, so responsive to our emails. <laughs> I have actually written to the UCI on a number of occasions and it never replied to me once. I, I have actually seen a list of email rules set up by the UCI, which include any from Sarah's address straight to the, the spam folder. So. <laughs> well, at least it's a spam folder and not the um, NSA folder. <laughs> oh, no, the NSA have got all your emails in a different folder because of the, the time that you said that thing that you've not allowed to talk about because your lawyer said so. so yeah. What? What? Bombing the bombs or the cocaine or the um, uh, hello NSA, thanks for joining our <laughs> podcast about women's cycling. Hope you enjoy the next hour and um, and the previous sort of hundred episodes where we say, <laughs> say stupid things. Please feel free to arrest Sarah, but uh, leave me alone. I like America. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, I do. 
<laughs> if you get if you get me in trouble and I can't I can't go to America for Worlds in 2015, I'm going to be very upset with you. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow! Like so, like Australian election levels of upset. <laughs> Isn't that just like crawling into a hole and dying? Anyway, no, well, um, no, no. But see, that's that's morose giving upness. You, you'd have the anger version of it. So. Oh, okay. Mm. So the GP Pluto, there were five riders out, and they were Voss, Anna van der Breggen, uh, Emma Johansson, Alina Amilusik from B Pink, and Caroline Canwell, a Canadian rider who's racing for one of the French teams. And they were there, and they were attacking each other, and it was great, and it was brilliant in the kind of final laps. And then Anna van der Breggen attacked. And Voss chased back to her, and then and, and Emma Johansson managed was the only other person who could get to them. And then it was Voss, Van der Breggen, and Johansson. Voss attacks. You know, she won this race last year. She's very, very good here. It's a great race. It's Voss. You know, she won. Happy, 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 happy. Voss has. Um, she'd already won the Road World Cup last year. But basically, it ended up with Voss leading the World Cup with Emma Johansson in second. And Ellen van Dyke in third. Anna van der Breggen leapt up to fourth in the World Cup standards. And Elisa Longo Borghini, she did ride this, but she didn't finish it because she's still coming back from her hip, her broken hip. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But how cool is it that Elisa still finished fifth in the UCI rank, uh, World Cup um, World Cup series, even though she didn't race for Gorda. She didn't well. She didn't race China because it's not her kind of race. Uh, mm. Chongming Island. She didn't race for Gorda because she was out with a broken hip, and she couldn't finish this. And she was still fifth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's pretty amazing. And and congrats to her. I mean, it's also got to be one of those. Um, I, I see. Yeah, I I never know how how athletes. I, it's amazing, you know. Like we talk a lot about all the physical things that they they have to deal with, and we've talked a couple of times now about the the sort of psychological and mental effects. But that's got to be one of the hardest things about injury is to know that if you hadn't copped your injury back then, I mean, you still finished fifth. How much more could you have done? Oh, that would really weigh on me. I would find that difficult. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the thing that's really hard is that the worlds this year, in a couple of weeks' time, are in Florence, in Toscana, in Toscana. Yep. and that should have been a race for Elisa. Really, I mean, it's it's exactly her kind of course. It's it's a course, you know. It's in it's 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 on home roads. She should have been one of the huge contenders, and I don't know whether she'll be back up there. I mean, I guess there's still a couple of weeks for her to get back to her form, but it's a real, real shame. However. I'm choosing to believe that she will. That's, you know, I have no basis for that. I just, I have to have hope in something right now. And so all my hope is in Elisa. Oh, are you watching the Vuelta? Uh, not really, no. You do know who's in the league in the Vuelta at the moment, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I've... Thanks, great, yeah. I really... <laughs> oh, I just fucking so hell. Well, what I reckon is, if we get all the misery in one place, on top of you, you'll you'll kind of it'll all kind of you'll you'll be able to deal with all it's all better at the same time. I apologise in advance to my boss. I don't think I'm coming into work tomorrow, and probably not even Friday. I think I'm just going to be drinking all the whiskey I have, thanks to Sarah. <laughs> and I happen to have a reasonable amount of whiskey, as anyone who 
you know, has listened to this podcast for more than 10 minutes knows. Mm. Oh, Daniel. Mm. Poor, poor Daniel. Um, but one of the things I thought was interesting after the Plouet World Cup... Hey, you, you keep talking. I'm just pouring myself a whiskey right now. Was Dave McPartland's comments in the Orica AIS race report? Oh, I should look her up to talk about this. Absolutely. <laughs> Woo. Dave. And I... I really, really like the the Orica Orica AIS have done a really good job all year. Really, really, and all last year too. To be honest, to them, you know, to be good, to to give them credit, they're fantastic. They give a race preview for every one of the races where they get riders to tell us what they think about it. So you know, for the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour, the Holland Ladies Tour, they've got Luz Hunnewijk telling us about the race. Oh my God, that's just fantastic. They get a rider who's perfect for it, and afterwards they have post race reports and. I'm I'm in two minds sometimes about what I think about them because on the one hand, it is incredible how no one ever chooses to work with Emma Johansson um from the from the post rate, you know, from the from the from the race reports, according to Dave McPartland. And I'm somehow I, I'm I'm almost Right, yeah like astonished by him him being astonished that no one's working no one's working yeah. to help it's like it's like either Dave is just doing his best to sell a particular PR line of <coughs> bullshit, or um, he's he's genuinely not uh, not smart enough to learn and adapt, and therefore is probably best suited to DSing in the men's peloton. Um, you were meant to laugh at that. That was a joke. <laughs> well, he is but DSing in the men's I, I, I know mean, that's what I, was supposed to make it funny. But but yeah, yeah, no. The the thing is, I mean, like we're talking about the same Emma Johansson who's had an amazingly, incredibly successful season. Who, um, you know, is the is the rider who, for the first time since two thousand and seven, knocked Mariana uh, off the the top of the UCI rankings. We're we're talking about the woman to watch. In almost every fucking race, because she can climb, she can, um, you know, ride it out on the flats. The number of times that she's been in the mix in fucking sprint finishes is insane. You know, like, of course nobody's working with her. Of course nobody's giving her a free ride. I mean, for fuck's sake, what do you think? What do you think's going to happen? So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I do, I do, I love that. I mean, in general, I mean, you know, this little, this one thing aside, yeah, mm. I do really, really, really appreciate and enjoy the race reports because, oh my god, you know, for me, the more backstage information I can get about a race and how yeah. it works yeah. and, and what actually happened, the better. And, and that's why and, I tend to think it's probably more of a PR exercise than actually genuinely believing that because you know, there's no way that you can be that dumb. Um, but also because it puts me in mind. Remember at the the start of the season where like my weekly, arguably not that funny joke, I admit, was oh yeah, especially when in their race preview they mentioned that they're going to attack on turn four, and so now yes. everyone knows what they're going to do. Um, and it's it's kind of like actually the the opposite of that, where it's the it's the PR opportunity to go oh, and then this happened, and then nobody would work with us, so you know we got second, which is awesome, but you know fuck everyone else for not working with us or or yeah. you know listing whatever um so yeah yeah but yeah. you're right it's it's i mean hell i'll take this every single time over over not getting it so yeah 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 and they've given us i mean there are some races where they've been 
by far the best race, you know, by far, by a long way, by a huge amount. Everyone should be following Orica. You should just be going onto Orica's news page and clicking every women's race report. They put the women's race reports among the men's race reports so that they have the Bowles, Brentals, Ladies Tour has the same status in their news as the as the as the Vuelta does. Yep. You know, the yep. Rosa had the same status in their news as the Tour de France did. You know, it's it's kind of it's it's really good. However, this week I do think Dave McPartland went a little bit too far. Well, it's in- it, it's the one year like you're, you're leading into to the most recent one year. Yeah. Yeah. See no, that. No, no, that- no, 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 sorry, sorry, not the most recent one. The Plouet one. Let's talk oh, about the right, Plouet right. one. So okay. in the Plouet, one, he's, t- he's 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 talking about it, and he's saying that basically um, on the final climb, uh, Anna van der Breek, um, Voss attacks. Van der Breggen and Johansson go up side by side up this final climb, racing each other. And then he says, oh, well, you know, Anna van der Breggen's gone to Rabobank next year. And I think that's why she wasn't bothering working with Emma Johansson to, 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 to chase back, to get Voss back. Mm, mm. And I'm, I, I think this is, I don't think that's fair. Van der Breggen is this young rider. She's riding for Sengers. She's, you know, she was offered a place at Rabobank last year, but she'd already signed a, a you know, she'd already been tied up in a contract by Sengers, you know, clever Sengers. But she's, she's come this year. She came, I think she came fourth in Flesh Wallon. I think she came fifth in Vigorda. She's been chasing a World Cup podium. This is her first opportunity for a World Cup podium. Yep. I don't believe for a moment that Van der Breggen is going, Oh, you know what? I'll 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 just let Voss go because she's chasing Voss for the win. She'd done the final attack. She'd done this attack on the climb that Voss said she only just managed to keep up, keep mm, up with her. Mm. You know, she wasn't riding for Mariana Voss. Yeah, now, what they're yeah. saying is she wasn't riding for Emma Johansson. Mm. But as you say, well, you know, shocking shocking team. news story: three riders from three different teams ride for their best results for their team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the final, final, final end game of a race. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, quite arguably, you know, I mean, I'm just going to go out there. I, I admit, I'm, I'm not a pro women cyclist. Um, so maybe my understanding of the tactics is incomplete. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that, you know, if uh, if Van der Breggen, you know, launched the the penultimate attack that that nearly nearly uh, dropped Voss that she nearly couldn't chase onto. Um, maybe she was tired. Just you know, maybe maybe she didn't have a lot left to give. Maybe she didn't have a big chase in her. Yeah. You know? hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so I mean, and then and then, as you say, there was yesterday's race report, the race report from yesterday, which I found quite interesting. The Orica, you know, the the, the Orica race. Honestly, found it confusing. To yeah. Yeah, yes, because yesterday was the first stage of the Bowles Rentals Ladies Tour, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But in it, um, Dave, in the in the in the Orica race report, Dave's saying that um, they raced well together. The plan had been to race for Nettie Edmondson in the sprint, but in the final hour of racing, Luce Gonawai noticed that Nettie had been having some trouble making her way to the front of the pack. So she decided that she's the road captain. She decided this team would sprint for Mel. And then he says, but unfortunately, without race radios, Luce was unable to communicate the change in plan directly to each of her teammates. In the end, neither Nettie nor Shara Gillow were aware that the plan had changed. Nettie came to the front, 2km from the finish, expecting she would sprint. In the end, in the end, both Nettie and Mel sprinted, but neither was sprinting for the other. It was an absolute muck-up. 
the girls were lucky to run fourth and fifth, but we could have had a much better result had things been better coordinated. Now, the first thing I have to observe is that being fluent in Australian, or as it's called here, strine. Um, strine. That's, strine. That's the word for Australian. Um, yeah. Is that the the term muck up is definitely a PR term because M is interchangeable with F. So that's the first thing you have to note that this is definitely a PR release. Yes. Yeah. Because that was not a muck up if, if it happened that way. That was a fuck up. That's that's the technical term. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's interesting to me and I guess a little confusing because A, if this is pure um, insight into the team's plans and how things unfolded on the day and what happened, then it's awesome. It's great. Um, but if it's, if it's not that, then it's kind of unsettling because it's kind of, I don't know, I'm not suggesting that this was the intent or anything like that, but I think it could be easily misunderstood to be, you know, about pointing the finger at writers, which I I don't think was the intent, but it just, it, it left me feeling confused and not sure what the intent was. Yeah, yeah, same. I mean, exactly the same. I and and you know, I I guess to go for the you know to go for the what's it the I mean, Dave. He's a former rider. He's very very passionate and wants to, wants his team to win. You know, and I don't know how how much you know how quickly he talks to the, the you know the, the, the PR team who get this up. Yeah, mm, mm. but I don't know. I don't. I just. I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. On the one hand. I love that people are willing to admit their mistakes. I mean, how often does that happen? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, so and, gonna... and, and that's the thing. As long as it's, I guess for me, the bottom line is, as long as it's admitting mistakes and not pointing fingers and assigning blame, because I'm not, you know, I, I mean, I, I understand within, within the team itself that that may be something that the team needs to do, but it's certainly not something that needs to be done publicly. Um, you know, so if, it's, if it is simply the story of what happened on the day, as told by, great. Um, if it's if it's anything more than that, then I'm a bit uncomfortable. I think. Yeah, but the other on the other hand, it is quite good polemica too. <laughs> well, it does it's, it does get you know stupid people on the internet talking about it. I guess. So, yeah, 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 stupid people on their podcasts and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, so in Plue, um, Boss I'm, I'm One, reliably informed, I'm reliably informed actually that all of the women's cycling podcasts will be talking about that very issue this week. So, okay, mm -hmm. excellent. So Voss, um, Johansson, Vanderbregen, World Cups over. Sigh, sigh. But yeah, it's amazing. Um, the other racing I watched, I was slightly obsessed last week. It was the Mountain Bike World Championships. Oh, really? Slightly obsessed is how you're going to play it. Okay, sure. Hey, Matt, I've got to tell you, there was one I didn't even follow, the trials. I just ignored the trials. I didn't I didn't even see any of it or look for anything or anything. So I, 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 I not six months ago had to explain to you what trials was. So don't even pretend that you've ever followed trials and suddenly decided that, oh, no, I'm, I'm just, you know... I'm, I'm not a trials girl. Whatever. You've never given <laughs> trials the time of day. So let's, let's, yeah. no, let's no, not I'm pretend. I'm just saying that I wasn't as obsessed as I could be. Oh, honestly, look, the only two biking disciplines left for you are trials and bicycle ballet. So No, no, no. Polo. There's a lot of bike polo in Britain played by hipsters. Uh, yeah, but that's not managed by the UCI. And, um, and we all know that you only care about UCI-sanctioned sports. So... <laughs> In 
enduro, enduro. Anyway, um, yeah, um, it was so much good racing. Very, very interesting. We, I've put a link on our blog to all the videos and links that I've seen with videos and links and photos and stuff. And the thing about mountain biking is there's a huge ton of videos and links and photos because it's so interesting to watch. And the course was just, I mean, South Africa, uh, it's in KwaZulu-Natal, I think, or KwaZulu-Natal, I think, and it's just gorgeous 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 i might have got that completely wrong i'm so sorry south africa um <laughs> stunning I, mean, so I, I, was, I was slightly frustrated because as you know the one of my joys in life in recent years has been the red bull coverage of races at the world mountain bike world cup races yep and for some reason the host, the UCI, I don't know whether it was the UCI or the host broadcaster, they basically just decided not to show all of the women's downhill runs. So literally the only bits you got were like the fight for most of the riders, except for, except for the winners, was the, the last, the final section. They had cameras on the course. They managed to show more than the men. And I was so, so, so impressed with Rob Warner's commentary because he's, you know, he, it must be a killer. You're basically commentating on something where you've got no idea what the fuck's happening. There's riders on these downhill courses. You're sitting watching this camera, waiting, waiting, waiting for a rider to come into shot. You've no idea if she's fallen over. You've no idea how she's doing. There's no live timing. It's so frustrating. And Rob Warner, just he managed to sound enthusiastic and be inf and infuse me, even though I was frustrated. Which, you know, it's one of those things that when, when you say it outside of the context, sounds like it should be taken as a given. But we both know that there is a, a dearth of cycling commentators who can actually achieve that. So, yeah, yeah. full credit, full credit uh, where it's yeah. due to continue um, to like make it engaging. Yeah. I mean, so Julie Brasset won the um, won the world, won the cross country. Yolanda, Neff, it was really interesting in the under twenty three cross country. There was Yolanda Neff versus Pauline Fran Prevot. Both of them on Rabobank. Both of them ride for ride ride on road for Rabobank. Yep. Very good. Um, Neff won, stomped it. Second title in a row. Uh, Fran Prevot in second. Then. Another under-23 rider, Alexand Alexandra Engen, won the cross-country eliminator with Neff in second. So, you know, Neff, oh my God, you know, she's right. She's on the right team. If she's going to be the new Mariana Boss, you know, multidisciplinary superstar, she's on the right team. I still remember her from the Energy Watch Tour, where she rode her first ever ITT race. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a mountain bike. It was so weird. And she crashed. Did you, did you remember where she basically took, where she overcooked one corner and basically ended up hopping up onto the curb yes. and avoid crashing into a bush? <laughs> and she won the best young rider jersey there. She's been having a great year. And then the downhill. And there were two, I mean, it was won by Rachel Atherton, which isn't really surprising because Rachel has won. All but one of the World Cups this year, she's really taken a step up. And she didn't win months in hand because she crashed. Yes. But I really liked the video from Dirt where she was talking about her race day knicker dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, polite guy speechlessness over here. 
I was talking about knickers in the British sense, as in underwear, underpants, um, not knits, as in bib shorts. But she was saying in this interview, yeah, I had a bit of a dilemma because, you know, if I won, I'd have to go to doping control. So I'd want to wear my nicest knickers. But then if I did that, it might be presumptuous. What if I didn't win? So I settled (laughs) for my medium pair. It's it's kind of like the first date nigger dilemma all over, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like, well, the date might not go that well. They might not be that nice. But do you want to be? Pre- oh, I'll just go with my my good ones, but not my great ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rachel, Rachel Atherton is. I mean, one of the things I love about downhill well you know downhill is the personalities are so great you know there were these really dirt magazine had these great audio interviews and there's um emmeline rago basically about a couple of the, the riders have been slating the downhill course it was very peddly it wasn't it wasn't the kind and rago <laughs> and, 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 and you know nobody takes up downhill because they want to pedal <laughs> <laughs> pedals are something to stand on not not use <laughs> And Rigaud has such that great French, you know, when someone's speaking English, when they're a native French speaker and that gorgeous French accent, and she's so sweet and lovely. My other moment was poor, poor Manon, Manon Carpenter. Manon's well, I mean, do you feel more sorry for Manon or the photographer that she basically killed? Manon was, she's a very young British rider. She's been having a superb stonking season, but poor Manon went down uh, uh, something like 30 metres out of the gate, basically shot off the course and landed on a photographer who was lying on the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, there's rumours that it was a particularly attractive photographer, so, you know. No, no, no. I don't think she saw... I don't think attraction came into it. I think he was a soft landing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. other things I just wanted to say was Aussies. Aussies had an amazing yeah, world they, championship. They really did. They really, really did. Their young, their their young riders, Danny Danielle Beecroft and I'm sorry, um, Tegan Malloy, came second and third behind the Brit Tani Seagrave in the Junior Downhill World Champs. That's a, and, a rounding error, you know, Brits, whatever. And. Uh, and their guy, their guy won the Eliminator. They had um, second and third in the men's downhill, thanks to Mick Hanna and and Jared Graves. And Tracy Hanna, Mick's sister, was second, was third in the in the women's elite. And yeah. I'm so happy because Tracy had some horrific crash last year, like just horrific injuries last year. And then she came back this year, and she's broken her collarbone twice this season. So she started well early because she's got no UCI ranking at all, you know, no World Cup ranking at all. And yet she came third overall in the elite. I'm so happy for her. Wow. The other Aussie Aussie thing I just wanted to mention was Caroline Buchanan. Buchanan, yes. Caroline Buchanan. Um, You might think, hang on a minute, isn't Caroline Buchanan the current... World BMX champion. Yes. And yes, she is, but Buchanan has this cunning plan where she wanted to enter and win medals in three disciplines of world championships this year. So she's been <laughs> a bike before. So she entered the downhill and she had, she started well, la- well, last of the big ones, big guns. She ended up fifth overall. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty awesome. But I mean, you know, you, I guess we also have to pay tribute to the fact that a mountain bike is basically an oversized BMX with the, the seat at the proper height. So, 
Yeah, but I don't think she'd really like the pedalling. I think if it was more jumpy, she'd have been happier. Are you kidding? Have you seen her ride BMX? She pedals like crazy. Yeah, but only for about 45 seconds. Well, yeah, it's high-intensity, you know, interval training, but... Yeah, this is this isn't this is this wasn't the best course for her, and she still came fifth. Anyway, her next plan is to go to the Four Cross Worlds, and I think it's next week or the week after. Um, yeah, follow her on Twitter because all the way through she was tweeting pictures. She seems a really happy, happy person. You know, this is this is the girl who describes herself as a bit of a mongrel, and yeah. um, you know, a bit of a bit of a uh, battler. Good so, you know, girl. Yeah, follow Caroline on Twitter because she's hilarious and, you know, really friendly and sweet. Well, like like so many of the Aussie riders just, you know, I think of people like Caroline Buchanan and Anna Mears, you know, who will talk to random people on the internet like me. And you're just, <laughs> I love that that's a measure of, <laughs> of whether or not someone's good. They'll talk to random no. people on the internet. It's... <laughs> really really nice of them it's just so it makes it's just so you know if if, if I, I was talking about Anna Mears in the Olympics with someone who I didn't even at her in and she came into the conversation and said look thanks I saw you know we were talking about oh no it was a world or something and, and we were talking about how Vicky Pendleton how it's how it's presented how Anna Mears is presented in the press versus Vicky Pendleton and we we're talking about how ridiculous it was and she was like Hey, I just, you know, hey, thanks. I appreciate it. And it's like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it was just so, you know, it was just uh, so, yeah. it's just if, so if sweet. Ever, if ever there was any doubt that Sarah is like the single biggest fan of women's cycling, you just need to have been present for her reaction in the, you know, 10 years following that interaction <laughs> with Adam. <laughs> Adam is new for a brief moment. I get so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So loads and loads and loads of stuff in the mountain bike world. It's all on the blog. The other thing was the Paracycling World Championships and this was an endless frustration to me. Yeah, well, I I know you had a crazy time trying to get information about it. Yeah, I mean, there's the results. The results are up on the UCI website. But I wanted photos, I wanted blogs, I wanted information, I wanted videos. And it's been really, really, really hard. And what, I mean, you end up kind of going through, um, so the, the Paralympic Association was retweeting the, 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 the press releases, was re, um, you know, reposting the press releases from the UCI website. But the press releases weren't very... You know, they talk about the big story of the day. So Alex Zanardi, the former... Uh, car person who had a hideous accident and kind of has come back as a hand cyclist you know um, he won his first world champion medal i think and you know and that was the story which is great it is a good story it's just i want to know more i want to know more about them i want to know what's happening um i loved the fact that um uh, laura turnham and corin hall um uh, won the uh, won the blind and visually impaired tandem ITT and came second in the road race and cool. this is great because um, Laura's the up and coming BVI uh, tandem tandem rider and and Corin and she have only just been riding for a couple of uh, you know for, for for a couple of months really together and Corin is of course a Matrix Fitness Prendus a Matrix Fitness Racing Academy rider so that was great and I loved seeing that um, the two. Again, it's thank um, the Americans. The Americans just stomped all over the competition beautifully, really well, with medals for Muffy Davis and Greta Nymanus and loads of other riders. Just great, 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 great work. 
But the things that I really, really liked were the Aussies blogs. No. I know. Who'd have thought? Australians writing good blogs. Mm. I know I say every week. <laughs> you seem to be enamoured with Australians. It's, uh, I, I suddenly, I, I kind of, I, I start to question why again it was that you actually agreed to join me in this podcast. I, I don't know. I, I'm feeling slightly used. Are you suggesting that because of my um, indoctrination to Aussie culture through Neighbours and Home and Away as a young girl? Yeah, and then I'm, I'm pretty like, sure that you actually people. only agreed to this, not because you really care about women's cycling and not because you really care uh, about trying to, you know, do any particular thing. I think you just wanted to hear someone talk Australian at you every week. No, because you never ever ever say the things that I want you to say on Australia. <laughs> oh, right, really? You want me to go to the archives and pull up example after example of me saying things to, to make you laugh? Well, well you don't say enough. <laughs> Typical woman. I want to, I want, you know, I want, I want, I mean, this, is, this, is, this is yet another example of every now and again I say to Dan that I'm kind of like, um, saying you know it kind of like makes me you know this is not what you're supposed to be doing on the internet with someone you haven't met is it <laughs> you're not supposed to say damn damn say don't tread on my dog <laughs> and, you know you're generally supposed to be unveiling people to say other kinds of things but no i am you know one day dan will will do Cadell, will do all the Cadell evans greatest hits for me and i'll be happy <laughs> just, just say I'll, don't tread on my dog i'll make them sound really really tough you know don't tread on my fucking dog. Do it cattle style. I just did. He's no. No, people. People don't understand. It's a it's a media manipulation. He's actually got a really deep gruff voice. They just it's edited. It's it's heavily heavily. You know they they do it in post to make him sound all high pitched and stuff. Yeah. So say this again. Say, say it how he really sounds. Don't tread on my fucking dog. <laughs> mm. <laughs> now say it. Well, now 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 do it like what it sounds post production. Um, well, to the trained ear, it still sounds pretty tough, but, you know, once they've done, once they've done their magic trickery on it, it sounds more like, don't tread on my dog! Ah, <laughs> uh, no, but, no, I mean, I've said this before, but I, I think one of the things about Aussies is because their friends and family are so, so far away from the racing, you know, they, 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 it's, they're, it's a way to keep in touch, they're away from their, you know, they're, they're away from their families for months at a time, and people who follow them, so I really liked Carol Cook's blogs, um, she's a tricycle, she's a, a, a T, T2 tricycle, tricycle um, winner, she won the T2, she won the Olympic gold medal yep. in the time trial, and in the world, she won the T2 ITT, and also the road race, and she has cool. some great blogs. And I also really, really like Alex Green's Tumblr. I can never remember. Sorry, Alex, if she's a C4 or C5 category rider. I think she's C4. And she's, uh, she's, this, she's very young, young Aussie, young Aussie. Uh, she's got a great Tumblr, great Twitter, and she had some really nice photos of, of what it was like in Canada beforehand and, you know, what it was like to be there as, as kind of as a team, you know, as mm, a team mm. and as people talking, you know, getting to know each other and stuff. So, yeah, I really, it, it was, so while I was frustrated because I wanted more, I wanted more, you know, yep. I really wanted more. I wanted to see some video. I wanted mm. to see some in, interviews with people. But you did you know, find I, some cool I, stuff. 
yeah i mean the canadian you know canada you know canada the usa there's some there is some good stuff it's just actually it's, i've i've got a i've got a complicated um you know potentially you know, tricky sort of question for you and actually now that i think about it it's not going to be tricky at all you're just going to go fuck yeah but you know in terms of morally compromising yourself if uh, the UCI actually wanted someone who could um, pull together all sorts of race information for women's cycling in general across all disciplines and coordinate, um, you know, information on on the UCI website with social media and blogs and video and stuff all in one place. And that was a job. Would you would you accept that? Fuck, fuck yeah. I mean, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. I... So, so if someone can get this podcast to Tracy Gordry and um, and, <laughs> and and skip about four hours in past the the moaning about the Australian election and shit, oh fuck. Um, anyway, <laughs> talk uh, about David yeah, to, to the bit where we give Tracy. Sarah a job where she puts all this information on one UCI webpage that we go to every week <laughs> and, and see I, everything. I... Yeah. Well, last last week, I, I had a bit of a ramble last week about things I've been thinking about for a long time, about different ways that the that federations and the UCI could help women's Which riders. actually took me a bit by surprise, I have to say, because I've known you for a while now, like, you know, close to, close to two years, and I had no idea that you had opinions about women's cycling. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. It feels like it's something that should have come up. I almost feel like a bad friend for not knowing this about you. We've known each other longer than two years. Really? If you count Podium Cafe and Twitter. Oh right, yeah, they don't count. Hmm. Actually, I still, I still don't know you. You know, as far as I know, you could be a robot. You probably are. You're probably a construct. Oh my god, am I? Am I a um, Turing? Am I a really good Turing computer? Or I'm a really bad human, and you can't tell the difference. I mean, you know, it, one of those. You could well, be the singularity, though. You could. Maybe you're just Siri with a different name. Siri and Sarah are quite similar. Yeah, yeah. So you're Steve Jobs' final joke on the world. So, interesting. Hmm. Anyway, in my thing that I wrote about that surprised you that I had opinions, um, I, 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 one of the things that I think is, I was, I've been thinking about how federations and the UCI can help develop women's cycling. And it's things like career paths. I mean, I've, I'm really happy because you look at um, Cycling, cycling Australia are, are giving the job of DS to Sarah Carrigan, who's a former, um, she might be Sarah Carrigan, sorry, Sarah, Sarah, I, can't, I don't know, um, I'll say Sarah because that's how it's spelled. Um, Sarah Carrigan, who's a former Olympic, you know, Olymp- amazing Olympic rider, just Olympic winner of just fantastic. And she's the new DS. She's the current DS of the Australian national team. And I've been thinking about this because one of the things that bug- bugs me is how national federations, some of them, like if you take, not, not like the Dutch or the, or the Italians, they take it much more seriously. But if you look at last year, the new... The British DS for the national team in the Olympic year was this guy, um, Chris Newton. Now, Chris Newton is a phenomenal track rider, former, you know, former world champion. Oh, well, amazing. Of, of course he's going to understand women's road cycling. But, of course. But yeah, but he, and he'd been a coach. He's been a coach for British cycling for the, on, the, on the track. And he'd ridden at UK domestic level. So he'd ridden in things like the Tour of Britain. Yep. And it frustrated the hell out of me that this is the guy that you're getting being the ds for the olympic games mm, mm. Like, what are you thinking and, and you know and they ended up not picking sharon laws for the team which i'm still 
really go you have feelings right i, I have it. feelings yeah. but if they go and, and they do this with the american with the american team they had um jackson stewart who is the ds for the u.s national team and he actually said in interviews that he knew nothing about women's cycling and he was using it as a step to try and get to ds for men's cycling oh see that that's the one that really fucking burns me is um like i i respect you know people have their own career path and development and you know sometimes there are better opportunities on the other side of the sport in terms of uh you know where they see their career going and that sort of thing but man to me that's got to be a systemic issue that's collectively addressed i mean i want i want dsing women's teams to be a destination not a stepping stone yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I can't, I can't knock it because if you are a former BMC rider and what you really want to do is be a DS for BMC and you've got ideas, that's cool. But it just fucks me that, 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 that national federations do this. Mm-hmm. Like, because what it's saying is, I think, I think you know, I, Jackson Stewart's gone on now to DS for the men's under-23 team. And it's like, fuck, you were the DS for the Olympics and World Championship. You've got Evelyn Stevens. You know, Shelley Old. Shelley was up there in the final Olympic, you know, yep. end game. Yep. You've got these amazing riders, all these brilliant riders who ride for the domestics. I and mean, yeah, that's the other thing about the USA cycling scene is that, like, you've got this really weird situation where you've got riders who are shit hot and brilliant and amazing on the domestic scene, but when they come over to Europe, it's a completely different ball game. And if you've got a DS who doesn't understand that and can't explain it, yep. because he, A, doesn't know the riders, B, doesn't know the racers, C, doesn't know anything about the type of women's cycling, you know, you can't say that just because you've ridden for BMC or you've ridden for a British domestic team, that you know anything at all about what it's like to race in a... Yeah, and no, it's, a, it's a very different product. I mean, this is the thing that we talk about all the time. You know, people people often make the mistake that, you know, oh, shorter racer means that, you know, it, it, it's, it's just the same as a men's thing, only doesn't take as long. And it's like, actually, no. One of the things it means is that it's way more fucking attacky. You know, yeah, yeah. right off the bat, that's something you got to know and and know how to how to deal with as a team. You know, who chases, who who reserves their energy. You know, which which teams do you chase? Which riders do you chase? Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. a very different and complex landscape with its own nuances and uh, and idiosyncrasies. Yeah. yeah, and how do you explain? I mean, you know, getting position. Uh, the funniest thing is when you talk to riders about how do you get position. In the, in the spring classics because everyone's at this position and it's like yeah it's really hard because if you got to the front too early other people overtake you and get you back mm. if you're if you're like sitting at 15th rider back you can miss the break when I don't know all of specialised Lululemon decide to put the hammer down and attack at kilometre 12 yeah 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 because they, they do it just before a left hand turn where the yeah. road narrows from normal sized road to you know half a car width or and the wind, or the wind, or they know that the wind's going to suddenly hit up at this point because it's the wind and it's yeah. turning a corner. You know, it's it's not anyway. So I'm, I, so one of my things is that I think that if if federations are going to give jobs to random people with no experience, give them to women. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's like it's give them a career path. You've got some really highly intelligent, highly intelligent, brilliant, passionate women here. Mm-hmm. Give them a career path because that way you can show. And, and I don't just mean you know, and in, in feds, in federations, in teams, you know, give women a career path so that when they retire, they don't disappear from the sport completely. Well, but I also a- I, I actually think that this is a really really smart idea too because it's actually one of the 
the most cost-efficient investments that a federation could make in the long-term establishment of better equity between men's and women's cycling. Because you're talking about paying one set of coaching staff well or equitably over X number of years to stay in the position and develop multiple generations of cyclists uh, for that federation and establish a real culture around it, which feeds into literally everything else. You know, so yeah. so the amplified effect, the bang for buck you get from that relatively modest investment is phenomenal. But as you say, there's also huge performance uh, gains that can be made as a result of it. Yeah, and also it's also helps you keep women in the sport because there's a there aren't. I mean, I, I what I, one thing I hope to see out of, out of teams like Orica and Skill Argo, Argo Shimano. And um, you know the teams that have men and men, men and women's teams alongside each other is maybe there's also career paths for women to get into those teams. Mm. I find it fascinating that amongst the men's teams that I think are best for social media. So who you know I think Orica, um, Omega Pharma, Quickstep, Team Sky. People love the fuck out of Team Sky's media, and all of that's all of those things are run by women. Yeah, you know, yeah. you think about HTC when they were—they really HTC High Road, the High Road teams, completely revolutionised how men's cycling team, well, men's and women's cycling teams interacted with fans, mm. and that mm. was all masterminded by Christy Scrimgeour. Yeah, yep. you know, it, it's well, it's and not- also also related to that, you know, Christy is a phenomenal example of uh, uh, you know a team owner and and manager as well who. You know, like there's there's a lot that can be learned. I mean, hell, last week we spent a significant amount of time talking about the way that she's really looking after her riders in yeah. every every possible aspect, and and what a yeah. great template that is for for any team. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's there's and, and, huge stuff. Know, mm. Rochelle's guilt, Rochelle and Christie's business acumen. Mm, mm. Yeah, you know the way Rochelle and you know Rochelle Gilmore has run has run Wiggle Honda. It's, yep. it's you know I just think I think that there's a there's a thing about um, how how creating career paths into the r- wider world of cycling is also going to help women when they start. They can see it's not just a case of ride like a lunatic and come out at age I don't know 33 with a couple of you know with a load of fucking bad injuries and collarbone pins and this and that, and then either you know either start a family and then have to start a completely new life or have to start a completely new life. You know if if there are roots if there are roots and career paths. As there are for the men, yeah, then that yeah. that'll just that'll just help them so much. Well, so, I, I also think this is really important because I, I'm not sure if you saw this, and I'll have to dig up the link. But um, there was a report that I saw uh, mentioned on Twitter uh, just yesterday that that's just come out indicating I think it might be US only, but that for the first time in a long time, uh, women um, women's participation in cycling events and in um, the cycling industry has now outstripped men. So there are more oh, women, yes. more women riding bikes, more women buying bikes, more women doing oh, I bikes. Thought, I thought it. I thought it was that it grew had grown faster than men. Oh, okay. Well, because um, we mentioned because I think that's the same report we had a couple of we mentioned a couple of weeks ago by the American I don't know Bicycling Association I don't know but yes, yes find a link well, find yep. a link put it in our in our in our po- in our post and we can see what it means. But that's a really really long roundabout rambling of saying yes. One of the things that I think federations and UCI could do to help promote the sport is to actually every week have a roundup of what of, of, of riders new of, of race news, you know, and riders blogs, riders tweets, 
you know, and, and, and just kind of do it that way. How hard is that? It's just mm. so simple. I've, well, again, it's the this. same thing of, you know, it, it, the amplified effect of a simple, one simple change would, would be significant. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it would also help the writers. I mean, I loved on this. I, I, one of the things I really liked about the Cycling Australia report on the para, on their parent, you know, they had like one thing on the parasite para cycling worlds. Yeah. But it linked to Carol Cook's blog. Yep. And that's like, and that's fantastic. And if I was, I mean, I think about it in terms of someone like Cycling Oz because their riders are so great. But, you know, imagine you'd have a weekly roundup of, you know, this is, you know, it's been, um, you know, Nettie Edmondson's been racing the Bowles Rentals Ladies Tour. Here's her blog. Tiff Cromwell's in Tour de Lardesh. Here's her blog and her Twitter and her Instagram. You know, yep. Yep. just, just uh, you know, here's some video from the race. I, I kind of think that, you think about there's like this set of people who do the blogging so you know people like me and Gwenna and Clock in in France and Chloe in France and yep, yep. Velano you know who does the Velanova site and you know Velofocus and Cycling Flash finding the views and yeah. Cycle who does this to say de la route you know there's loads of people who do this for free on top of our real lives yeah yeah so it's not hard Jeez, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of those crazy things where it actually wouldn't even be that hard for the UCI were they so willing to to create a, a corner of the, the UCI site and give, you know, half a dozen pre-identified people admin access and just go, stick your shit here. It's like, yeah, know, yeah, it's, yeah. there's bang, yeah. you know, like, yeah. it's not but fucking also, hard. But also, I mean, imagine if you're, t you know, you don't, you don't, I love the, you know, I love, if, if, British Cycling have sometimes have a weekly roundup and where our riders are, and I find it impossible to navigate because I find the British Cycling site very difficult. But you know, if you have, if you link, social media is so exciting and so brilliant, and the women are generally so so good at it. And especially as young riders are going to, you know, the younger riders have grown up being completely fluent in social media. Mm -hmm. Just. It's just, and I love, I love what the, um, I love what Rabobank Live Giant do with their weird Moby thing, where stream, where they basically have a little stream which you can click on, where, you know, riders, they're not putting their photos on Instagram, they're going on this site. Yep, yep. And you can follow things through that way, and it's so clever. Yay, the Dutch. Um, yeah. <sighs> mm. <sighs> so, so long story made short. Sarah's got opinions. Feel free to uh, swing by our website and check them out. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and and also, if you want to pay me to do this, UCI or Federation, mm. please do. It will it I... will only be a modest hundred thousand pounds a year, <laughs> so you know, very, very. Oh, plus plus travel expenses to get to some of the top tier races in person. So you know, very very cheap by UCI standards for sure. Yeah. Can, well, can you imagine? Can you imagine Pat's Pat's beer is? <laughs> I think that's Pat's whiskey bill, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, when when Brian Cookson gets to take over, that the whiskey bill should go down substantially, and um, yes. and they can afford you. So, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, oh, more racing, more racing. Um, as I said, it's the Tour de Lardesh and the Bowls Rentals Rental Ladies Tour this week. Um, if you've never heard of the Bowls Rentals Lady Tour, Bowls Rental Ladies Tour, it's because this is basically the Holland Ladies Tour, which changes its name every year. Profile Ladies Tour last year, the beautifully named Brainwash Ladies Tour. Mm, mm. I did enjoy it when it was Brainwash. Yeah. Dan did get excited about the idea of being able to brainwash ladies. 
But hey, hey, that makes it sound way more predatory. I was just excited at, at, at brainwashing in general, you know. Yes, that is true. I will give him that. He's mm. not just, he doesn't just want to brainwash yeah, ladies. I'm an, I'm an equal opportunity brainwasher, so. Especially the Australian electorate on Saturday. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, that's one of the most cruel, cynical things you've ever done. Fuck. Oh. I'm oh, actually, I'm, sorry. I'm actually <laughs> tearing up. Oh my god! Oh. oh, I feel I feel like a cross between Eeyore and Marvin the Robot from you know um, Hitchhiker's Guide. Marvin the Paranoid oh. Android. Oh, there's just no point. Anyway. Oh. Did you like, though, to cheer you up again, did you like the video from yesterday's Ladies to a Stage? It was all right, I guess. You liked it. It had a... I, um, so the dirt bit was just, like, that was just cruel. Particularly, yeah, I don't know who it was, but there was one rider, this, this poor young girl who was, um, you know, caught back between the cars and trying to make her way back to the peloton when they hit the dirt section. And it's just... It's all dust, and her lungs are full of mud, and she's coughing up globules of mud even now, and it's just sad and depressing, and... Oh, God. Yeah, the Holland Ladies Tour, it's six stages this year, and it's an interestingly run stage, because you can pretty much predict what's going to happen. There's four flat, sprinty stages, beautiful... And these are stages they've ridden before, so beautiful, loopy stages, you know, great for spectators, riders shooting past you, intermediate time bonifications that count towards the general classification, so lots and lots of excitement. Um, today is stage two, which is a team time trial, which will be won by Specialised Lululemon. Oh, because that's what they do when there's a team time trial, I get you. No, that's just, I think that's just what happens when teams... Oh, I'm so sorry, I have actually pushed you over the edge again, haven't yeah. I? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently broken, and I don't have any whiskey at my desk anymore because I drank it all. Oh, shit. Oh. Mm. And, um, and then, so, so stage one, sprinty. Stage two, TTT. Stage three, four, and five are all sprinty. And then stage six is the glorious final stage. It's basically all around the amazing Valkenburg region, which was in the world. So they go uh, over the Kalberg which, which we, we know you absolutely hate that part of the world, so... <laughs> I want to live there. I want to live on the <laughs> Well, well, on your new UCI salary, you'll be able to afford to, I'm sure. Oh, do you think? Do you think they'll be able to like buy me a house on the Kalberg? <laughs> well, if if I'm allowed to be in charge of your contract negotiations, yes. Oh, oh! Actually, do you think? Do you think if you're in charge of my contract negotiations, you could no negotiation? You could negotiate in my need for a PA. Why? Who in their right mind would be your PA? Well, if I'm going to all these races, Daniel. You're right. Yes. I'm going to need someone to help carry my bags and be my PA and you know drive me around and look after me. Only some kind of masochistic fool would take on a job like that. Wouldn't you like to come over from Australia, be flown over from Australia to do that job? Shit, what kind of beer are you offering again? Fuck. Belgian beer. Oh. 
and and you get half of Pat McQuaid's whiskey allowance. Oh, but no, I want all his whiskey allowance. No, because half of it's paying for us. Remember? No, no, no. You, okay, it's tell me what you get. Budget. You get Pat McQuaid because because we're going to be kicking him out. You get the whiskey that he's left in the UCI headquarters. Oh, but it's Irish whiskey, and you know that's okay in a pinch, but it's not you know whiskey whiskey. <sighs> Sorry, Ireland. So, what do you think? Will you will you come over and be my PA? I'll consider it, but it really will depend on the negotiations and Excellent. how. Because anyway, you know, mm. so Bowles Rental Ladies Tour Stage One had this crazy section that was dirt roads, and it had corners too. That was the thing that disturbed me. I mean, I was in the car. I was in a high tech car in um, Flesh Wallon, and we went through a stage where it was a very dusty road. And that was, you know, and it was kind of interesting, you know, seeing how you had to look out for riders on a bendy, dusty road. I can't even imagine what that's like when there's no road at all. And they had, um, Carl Lima said there was something like 12 punctures in two kilometres or something, 200 metres or something like that. And you can see in the video, there's the Rabobank mechanic just standing on the side of the road with a load of wheels because he knows, oh no, Swanee, because he knows that it's just going to be mayhem. And yeah, just crazy. And in the interviews afterwards, you've got like riders, like they've got videos with Esther Trump where she's just covered in dust, bless her heart. She's obviously like done some cleaning and she's missed parts of her face. (laughs) (laughs) And it's adorable. But yeah, um, so Lizzie Armistead's riding for Bowles Rental, Bowles, Bowles Dolmans, you know, and so she went out and won the intermediate sprints and she came second behind Kirsten Veald in the final. So she's leading the GC. Kirsten Veald won in, yeah, it was basically the, the question always before this tour started wasn't so much will Kirsten Veald win a stage? It was how many will she win and will she let anyone else have one? <laughs> Important questions, both. Yes, yeah, so basically mm. how it's going to work, four stages, the question is revealed. Um, anyone else? Can anyone beat Veald? Probably not. TTT, well, that's specialised Lululemons. And then the final queen stage is going to be mad climbing, bonkers, brilliance, genius, fantastic. Uh, my bet, I'm having a little bit, not an argument, having a little bit of discussion about whether it'll be Evelyn Stevens or Ellen Van Dyke. Oh, okay. We'll be going into it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I can see I can see, you know, I can see both sides of that discussion, yes. What well, I think is actually going to happen because it's lots and lots of hills and Evie was last was second on this stage last year behind Mariana Voss. I think came second overall. And I reckon what's gonna happen is Evie and Ellen will go into it, you know, very high up the G C after they've, you know, crushed the T T T and then they'll just decide to see what happens on the day, which was well, feeling fastest. I think, I think, won't they? Surely they'll play the the classic one-two attack tactics, and um, and one of them will go, and the other will just sit on, and then. Or, well, I don't know. It depends. I mean, it depends whether they'll be riding for Ellen to give her, you know, because Ellen's had such a fantastic season, or whether Ellen, who's got her eye on the TTI individual time trial and team time trial at the Worlds, will be thinking. Actually, I'm just going to go for the power and not, you know, not not right. not not, for the, not go for the climbs. But we'll see. Um, mm. It won't go all their own way because there are shed loads of other good climbers in this race. You've no got way. Up. 
I know. Well, it's weird. Why would you take? You know, why in general? Why would you take climbers to a uh, to a Dutch race? But you know, this final stage is beautiful. You've got Claudia Hausler, Shari Gillow, Luz Honewijk. She's punchy climber. Well, the punchy to be climbers fair, to be out. fair, when your race goes over the only hill in the Netherlands, I mean, there's loads of hills. Oh my god! Loads <laughs> of oh my god! Oh, I finally feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's it. There we go. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other race that's happening is the Tour de l'Ardèche, which has some really comedy profiles in France. They're just basically hills, 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 hills. And I was wondering why Georgia Bronzini was there, but she won stage one. Uh, Yeah, which was, wow. um, Her teammate, um, Linda Willemsen, won the prologue. Georgia won stage one. Stage t- today is a double stage day, and Alina and Amilusic of B Pink won the ITT this morning and is currently sitting on leading with Linda. I think they're on the same time, right. so that'll be a race. I mean, out of these two races, the Tour de l'Ardèche is hilly, it's a beautiful, beautiful area, but it is in some kind of mobile phone dead zone. Cool, where where you know, and and the riders are all staying in campsites and you know, kind of little yeah. shacks, yeah. little static caravans. So standard, then, standard luxury accommodations, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if there'll be any video out of it. On the other hand, the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour has stacks of videos and I love their organisers. Their organisers are brilliant. They've got, they're, they're paying um, Ashwin, I can't remember his name, Ashwin Cruders, I could have got that wrong, to go and do video for them. So they've got interviews like with Veald in Dutch and Lizzie in English. And they had interviews, um, I think they did uh, Masha Pijnenborg after after stage one. Um, because it's in the Drenthe region, they had Artebe uh, Drenthe had a news report and more videos. And, you know, this is, this is, this is the Netherlands. We're going to basically be able to see lots of stuff from this race. Very yeah. exciting. Yeah. And in Australia, there's the tour of the Murray River. Yes, yes, which um, is only really just underway and continues through uh, the next four days, I think it is. Yeah, um, yeah. it's a men's and women's race. Uh, the women, uh, Judith, I want to say Judith Betts. Okay. Won the first stage. Let yes, me just no, check she, that. she did. She did. She rides Let's... for the bike bug team. Uh, yes, I, I can't believe I remember that. That's great. And, you know, as we've said before, and many, many times, there's going to be, there's likely to be really good video from this. So mm, keep an eye on the yeah. Cycling Australia YouTube. Because it's um, part of our National Road Series. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, that's the racing. Oh, my God. Cool. Racing, racing, racing. Um, oh, we mentioned Knickers earlier on in the show. <laughs> oh, is this the Knicker episode? Is that what we're... I don't know, it might be. Um, Nikki, uh, lovely Nikki, who listens to our podcast. Hello, Nikki. Um, I think Gethin, uh, hello, Gethin, um, sent us a Kickstarter for the Urbanist Chamois Knickers. Um, this is probably something that's only to do with girls. They're pretty girls' underwear that have chamois pads in them. So that if you want to, for example, ride to work or, um, you know, or, or ride, you know, ride somewhere without putting on bib shorts, you can still ride with, with you know, with proper chamois. Right, you, you can you can ride in the full comfort of of chamois support whilst uh, maintaining the most stringent standards of street fashion. Well, also so that you know you don't have to kind of be stand as I have done many times in the past, but not from bibs. But you know it's bad enough when you're kind of changing from your cycling gear in the in the toilet in the work toilets. 
when without having to kind of take off bibs and uh, uh, horror, 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 horror. But um, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, so I'm, nice... I'm assuming that we've linked to this, so that uh, if we you're have? interested, you can you can go uh, help fund the uh, the project. Yes. Um, other things I like this week. Um, Emma Pooley's been appointed to the UK Anti-Doping's Athletes, Athletes Committee. Oh, oh, cool. See, that's that's much better than what you sent me in your email because your email said, uh, "Let me let me just find this and quote." Emma Pooley is a doping committee person. Uh, <laughs> which which can be read several different ways i think we can all admit so yeah that's oh, much I, better um, emma Pooley, if any emma doesn't have opinions or feelings about things either <laughs> not at all not at all and she certainly has never said anything along the lines of why isn't there equality in women's cycling that's matt pat mcclade's job <laughs> Yeah, Emma. Ugh. Emma doesn't have very strong opinions about everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, Emma's great. I love Emma. She's I, her her Twitter's really. In, she doesn't tweet very often, but she's like, she's just as much likely to write a tweet about mm. why are you all not on the donor register and here's something from Amnesty International you should be supporting and stuff like that as yeah. As, yeah. as as she yeah. is to be tweeting the fantastic what the you know uh, yeah cool. Emma hurrah Emma cool well one of the things. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention was um, I hope, America, that you're braced. Are you braced, America? You should be braced because dun-dun-dun, Helen Wyman is back to steal all your cross. She really is. Helen is in America right now plotting and scheming and planning to pillage the hell out of your cross, your cyclocross, East mm. Coast cyclocross glories. And to be fair, she's totally entitled to because she loves your cross. She thinks your cross is the world's best cross. And um, to all intents and purposes, she is American. No, she's not. No, but she's, she's very, awesome. Very, so, you know. She's her. very, very, very British. I'm sorry, I'm keeping Helen. Sorry, America, you cannot have Helen Wyman. She's ours. <laughs> but um, get, get, along to, get along to a race and um, and say hi to her and Steph. Give Steph a hug for me if you, if you run into yeah. Steph, by the way, yeah. Gen genuinely, Americans, if you have got a cross race coming up near you and Helen's going to be riding, um, then go and say hi to her. She's super, super friendly. Um, really, Helen and Steph are lovely, really friendly. Um, yeah, say hi. Say we sent you. Um, she's just great, and Steph is great. And if you tweet her on CX Helen, she'll and say, hi, I'm going to this race. Will you be there? And she'll say, hi, yeah, come along and see us. And, yeah, she's lovely, lovely, lovely Helen. Um, yes, just lock up your trophies. <laughs> it won't help. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so exciting that the cyclocross season is starting. Oh, my God, Dan's mentioning cyclocross. Do you think this means I've converted him? No. God, no. Dan's just desperate to distract himself from things we're not talking about. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, there was the launch of the Energy Walk Tour next year. You know, you've said that this is the way that races should just expand by surreptitiously add one day at a time a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still looking forward to the race promoter that decides on a, a three-series race of um, seven-day stage races back-to-back. -back. <laughs> It's <laughs> a way of getting around the Grand Tour thing. But in the in the meantime, yeah, just adding a day does seem to be working. Well, this is what Energy Walk Tour has done. Next year's race is going to be seven stages, and it's got four stages for the junior women. 
which oh, is brilliant. Nice. And and they got a video. It was it was launched on um, on TV on our TV, our TV Nord, and it's yeah, and it's on the website. And we love the hey, energy watched. Hey, hey, Sarah, remember that that episode of the cast earlier this year where we were both reduced to tears, laughing about the Schlecks riding into canals. <laughs> I do love this race. I do. It's <laughs> oh, and then she watched. It's so good. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Oh, thank you. That's helped cheer me up a lot. Well, one other thing that I saw just this evening before we started recording that I thought was kind of awesome was um, a, a tweet from Carlton Kirby. Uh, he he had been asked uh, how to to follow. Um, women's cycling, how to keep up to date with with uh, women's racing that's currently going on. And then a friend of ours, Anna, who is the co-host of the Pelotonitis podcast, uh, jumped in and gave him the answer, which is uh, Sarah at Pigeons. Duh. And so Carlton Kirby then turned around and uh, and signed right up and then immediately told all of his, his followers that uh, they should indeed follow Sarah. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are already following Sarah. But if you're not, sort that out. Hmm. Blush. Um, <laughs> I wanted to offer, actually, because we're coming up to Worlds, and on Podium Cafe, we've got a post where we're collecting the Worlds teams that we've seen so far, and also some let's chat about it in the comments. But I, for the last year's Worlds and Olympics, I did a thing which was I've called equivalenting, where to help people who don't necessarily follow women's cycling, I will give them the equivalent rider. If they tell me who their favourite man rider is, or their favourite type of rider, I will give them their equivalent woman to follow in the world championships. Not literally, figuratively. Like, we, we yes, can't okay. actually give riders away. We're not that powerful said, yet. But, yeah. but I, did this, I did this last year, and for example, people were saying, well, who's the equivalent of Tom Bonin? Well, that's um, Ina Yoko Teutenberg. Or who's the equivalent of Mark Cavendish? Well, that's Chloe Hosking, not just for her amazing sprint style, but also for her brilliant Pat McQuaid's a dick. Um, <laughs> a bit of a dick. And, oh, can you say Pat McQuaid's a bit of a dick? I can. Will you? Oh, right. Sorry, I misunderstood the question. You know, English being your first language and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he is Pat McQuaid's a bit of a dick. It's and can you say can you say it in proper the, the real question? Do, do you remember the, the you real remember question? The, the real question though is whether or not Brian Cookson will also be a bit of a dick. Did you did you remember? Can you do you remember last? Do you remember when when after Chloe Hosking said Pat McQuaid was a bit of a dick, and the Aussie Federation came out with the most <laughs> yeah Australian the best thing. the best. Uh, sorry, world. We understand that last week, in in the the immediate stress release of a post race interview, when she was still flushed with endorphins and excitement at having won, that one of our riders, Chloe Hosking, may have said something that may have offended some really you know soft people who can't handle a bit of truth. Uh, the the alleged quote is that she said Pat McQuaid's a bit of a dick. Now the reason that she said that was because of Pat. McQuaid's comments about uh, uh, minimum wage for women's cycling and really you can kind of see she's got a point because those were pretty dickish comments and so while we agree that Chloe probably shouldn't have said that the president of the UCI was a bit of a dick it would have been a lot easier for her to not do that if he hadn't actually been a bit of a dick so here's what we're going to do about it 
we're going to oh shit no when we were going to find her but it turns out we can't because women don't earn enough money to actually find so shit but we're kind of sorry except for the bit where he's a dick yeah, it's like it's like we we completely you know she shouldn't have used that language. Yeah. <laughs> you know she she shouldn't have said it. She's absolutely within her rights to criticise people for criticisable actions. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, don't you just love women's cycling? I was remembering yesterday. Oh, just to cheer you up as well, I was remembering yesterday, Dan. I was thinking about the beginning of the Olympic Games road race when Ellen and Luce were just attacking over and over and over oh, again. And Ellen good. would attack and they'd catch her and then Luce would go and they'd catch her and then Ellen would go and they'd catch her and then Ellen would go again. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Was, and it helped was, that it, it, was, it was raining, which always makes it even more and then, epic. And then they got to Fox Hill and Emma Pooley and Mariana Voss started attacking and that was gorgeous mm, too. Mm, and, then, mm. and then they got to the end and that, pouring pouring rain like that that yeah, terrible yeah. rain and that moment where Lizzie Armitstead was basically yelling at everyone else in, in, <laughs> yeah. yelling at Shelley Old and Olga Zadlin and yeah. to do some fucking work and you couldn't even see what she was saying but it was so beautiful <laughs> and end of the race with Mariana Voss's face yeah full of that, that just emotional shot as she crossed the line and fists clenched and yeah that was epic also hey remember while we're reminiscing about awesome times in women's cycling in the last year remember that time in the world's road race last year when i was right (laughs) that was awesome that was a really good time oh i do remember when that breakaway was there and and the the breakaway was there and he said i think i I think i think rach nayland's got a shot at a medal (laughs) i wish I actually wish we'd recorded that. Well, the funny thing is, as I remember it, and I will never, ever, ever admit this again, but I think I made an even more qualified statement than that. I think what I actually said was, if she can stay with the next attempt, (laughs) which would have taken it from a group of four to a group of three, (laughs) so it's kind of fucking obvious. (laughs) No, no, no! I was you describing basic maths. No, you didn't say. You didn't say it when it was four riders. You did say it when the, there was more than four. When okay. it was a proper little break group, okay. because yeah, even even I can spot that <laughs> a rider out of four has got quite a good chance at a medal, Daniel. <laughs> anyway, the point is the the remaining and enduring point for all time is I was right. Yes, you mm. were right. Mm. I Mark was it wrong. down. It was that you know in in September of 2012 for about seven minutes. I was right. And and you told me I and I got the name wrong last week, and you got the name right. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd forgotten about that already. I didn't even count. <laughs> See, yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. You, you, I'm winning at like two things. That's great. So, so now we've cheered you up a we little bit. Let, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Just don't mention the thing. Don't mention the thing. Um, cycling, cycling, cycling is very exciting, Dan. Yeah, the, the world it is. is coming. Very exciting. And we'll talk to you next week when we'll tell you everything about Ladesh and uh, how the ladies' tour panned out. And we'll also, by, by this time next week, be in the middle of the Giro Toscana, Giro della Toscana. Maybe it'll just have started the last women's stage race of the year. Which will be pretty awesome. Season. And, um, and, and we'll be starting to get some more information on uh, team lists for Worlds by then, I'd, I would hope. And so, if, yeah. if you 
if you want a rider to support in the world championships or if you want a rider if you want your you know to tell your friends your friends want a rider to support for the world championships get them to tweet me on underscore pigeons underscore at on twitter and I'll be able to be able to get get them to tell me what kind of rider they like and why or you can email us at at pro women's cycling at gmail.com and for everything we've talked about go to our site pro women's cycling.com cool and that's been all the announcements so i don't have anything left to do except say thanks for joining us we'll talk to you again soon um i will be under a new dictatorial regime by then i look forward to it see ya bye bye